five quick divrei Torah on the parsha with Rabbi Gil, student of TorahMusings.com. Devarim Tovshin Pe'alif. Number one, is there a mitzvah to rebuke? Moshe Rabbeinu's big speech to Kali Yisrael and Sefer Devarim consists mainly or largely as a rebuke for their past sins. Rashi on Perak Aleph, Pasagimel, points out that this is Moshe Rabbeinu did this at the end of the 40 years of the desert, as Moshe Rabbeinu is about to die because you should not give tochacha, you should not rebuke anybody uh, unless you are on your deathbed. And there, Rashi says there are four reasons to do that. But the question then is, isn't there a mitzvah deraisa of hocheach tochiach esamisecha? You're obligated to rebuke someone who's doing something wrong. So how can how can Rashi say that you, you're only uh, supposed to do that at the end of your life? So Rabbi David Pardon, his Maskil David, explains that this idea of only rebuking someone at the end of your life is talking about someone who did tshuva for her sins. Just like Klal Yisrael did tshuva for their avarice in the Midbar, they, re- they repented for their sins that they committed in the desert. So, so too, anybody who does tshuva, you should not really rebuke them, you don't want to embarrass them and all the other reasons. Until the end of your life, then you can get it off your chest and you can tell them. However, if someone is still doing the Avera, if he's still sinning, so then you have to give Tochacha, even a hundred times, because you're saving him. You're saving him from the sin that he's committing, from the harm that he's doing to himself. And that is a mitzvah of and does not apply, applies all the time, not just at the end of someone's life. Number two, how much is a thousand? Moshe Rabbeinu blesses Klal Yisrael in Dvarim Perik Aleph Posikid Aleph Hashem Elokei Avoseichem Yosef Aleichem Kachem Elf Pamim Hashem should bless you as you are a thousand times Vivarech Aschem Kasher Diber Lachem and He should bless you like He said to them. Rashi explains that the end of the pasuk is Hashem should bless Klal Yisrael like He said to the Avos to Avram in Bereshis Perik Yud Gimel Pasuk Tezayin. Hashem says that Klal Yisrael should be so numerous that they will be uncountable. And Moshe Rabbeinu gives his own bracha that they should be multiplied by a thousand. The question is, how is that a, a greater bracha? Hashem said they should be uncountable, and Moshe says, and I'll give you another bracha. should be multiplied by a thousand. That's much less. So 600,000 men times a thousand, that's 600 million. We can count that. So what is this talking about? So Rabbi Kiva Eger, quoted in the Pnini Mishochan Gavoa, explains that you have to read Moshe Rabbeinu's bracha very carefully. Hashem should increase you as you are, which means you should double. Elef pe'amim, a thousand times. So it would be the 600,000 men, or more, more people, times two to the power of a thousand. And based on my calculations, it would end up being so many Jews, there would be six with 306 zeros after that, which is basically uncountable. Number three, how does Hashem answer our prayers? After the Chet Hemeragli and the sin of the spies and the subsequent punishment, some Jews still tried to enter Eretz Yisrael. They went up and they were killed. Afterwards, Moshe Rabbeinu tells us in Dvarim Perik Aleph, Pasuk Memhei, V'atashuvu v'atifku l'ifne Hashem. Klai Yisrael returned and they cried out to Hashem. However, V'lo shama Hashem bekochem v'lo hezina aleichem. Hashem did not answer, he did not listen to their tefilos. The Netziv says that when Hashem doesn't listen to our tefilos, it's not what you think it means. 
Claudius Israel did not want to wander in the desert for 38 years. They wanted to enter Eretz Israel immediately, and Hashem said, no, I'm not going to allow that. But despite that, he still took their tefillos into account, because the very next Pesach says, Vateshu rabim kaimim that they lived in Kadesh for many years. Rashi says, exactly half of the time. The next 38 years, they would be in the desert. 19 of those years, they stayed in Kadesh. They did not wander around. So Hashem did take into account their, their desire. He just didn't fulfill it the way they wanted. They didn't want to wander in the desert. So Hashem, And they wanted to enter Israel. Hashem said, no, you can't enter Israel. But he still reduced the wandering in the desert. And Siv says that this is a Moser v'hadrach Doros. It's a guidance. It's a teaching for the generations. That even if Hashem does not fulfill our tefillahs the way we want it, even if He doesn't answer our prayers exactly as we want it, He still takes them into account. And they can still have a great impact even if the answer to our tefillahs is no. Number four, is Hashem with us? After the Miraglim bring back the bad information about Eretz Yisrael, the people complain to Moshe and Hashem, but it's not clear what that complaint is. In Dvar and Perak Aleph, Pesach Chavzayin, the Torah says that the, the complaint was that the people were saying, Hashem Osanu In Hashem's hatred of us, He took us out of Egypt. In order to give us in the hands of the Emori who will destroy us. Rashi explains this with a mashal, with a parable. It's like a king with two sons. To the son he loves more, he gives the better, more fertile land. To the son he loves less, he gives the worse, less fertile land. So people were complaining, the, the Jews were complaining that Hashem loved the Egyptians more and therefore he gave them Egypt, which is a better, fertile land, compared to what he was giving the Jews, Eretz Yisrael, which was the worse, less fertile land. That was their complaint. The Taz in his Divrei Davrid asks, um, but this mashal seems to contradict the Pasuk. In the mashal, Rashi's mashal, the people complaining about the quality of Eretz Yisrael, that it's not as good a land. But in the Pasuk itself, it says that they complain that they will be destroyed by the Amori, and Hashem took us out of Egypt to be destroyed. So what's the complaint? Is it about the land, or is it about being destroyed? So the Taz answers that is neither. Really, the complaint is, is Hashem with us? If Hashem is with us, then there's nothing to fear. We can solve every problem, we can conquer every challenge, and we can defeat every enemy. So the people were complaining that because Hashem gave us a less quality land, that means Hashem is not with us. And if Hashem is not with us, then we have to worry about being defeated and destroyed by our enemies. Number five. Why was the Beis HaMikdash really destroyed? The Gemara in Yoma, Tesem Bey, says that the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because people committed the sins of Avodazari Gilu Arais and Shvi idolatry, adultery, and bloodshed. And the second Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinim, of Beis hatred. However, the Torah seems to say in Vaikra Chavav Lamagibal Talamad Hey that the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed because people failed to kill the sh- to keep the Shemitah. And that's confirmed in Divri Amin Beis, Lamad Vav Chavta Chavalaf. In a similar way, the Arizal, a little later, he says that the second base of Mikdash is destroyed because people didn't observe the mitzvahs besimcha, with joy. They, they observed mitzvahs begrudgingly and not uh, happily. As the Torah says in Dvarim, How could he contradict the Gemara that says that the second base of Mikdash was destroyed because of Sinas Chinam? So Rav Avigdor Nebensal explains in, in his Yerushalayim B'mo'adea bin Hamid Sarim Dafkuf Lamed Aleph that there's really one underlying cause for the destruction of both temples. Why would a farmer who is faced with a Shemitah of having to refrain from working the land the entire year, why would he not keep the Shemitah? It's a lack of faith, a lack of deep, profound faith that you need in order to stop working for a full year and still
still want to keep on to your livelihood. So a lack of that deep faith, that's why he would not observe the Shemitah. And when society in general lacks that deep faith, quickly people decline and descend until they're committing even the worst sins of Avodah Zarah, Gilerites, and Shavich Hasdamim. A lack of faith in general in society leads to a steep decline in behavior. Uh, why would someone observe the mitzvahs begrudgingly and unhappily only because he doesn't have faith. He doesn't believe that each mitzvah is an incredible opportunity and that you, you fulfill a mitzvah. It's a credible success. If your life is full of opportunity and success, you will not be unhappy. You will not be jealous. You will not have sinas chinim. You will be a very happy person. It's only a lack of faith that leads to the, leads to the jealousy and that causes sinas chinim. So says Rav Nebensal, really the underlying cause, the root cause of the destruction of both temples was a lack of deep and profound faith that affects your actions and your your behavior. Mm-hmm.